0: So today we are going to continue in the series Lean and Fit, and this is uh, part 3. And I'm just going to give a little recap, a brief recap from what we covered last week. Last week we talked about, to survive in the hostile environment, we must know who we are. We also were in Matthew chapter 4 and Mark chapter 1, and we looked at Jesus in the wilderness, and the way he dealt with Satan. We talked about the setup and how Jesus understood who he was. He did not surrender his authority to Satan. We talked also about how we could easily do it is for us to yield our power or authority to others when we do not recognize a setup and understand the dynamics in the spiritual realm. Jesus understood this and we saw. We saw it in how he responded to Satan in the wilderness when he was being tried, tested. In understanding who God made us to be in Christ, we must walk in humility. Jesus never got boastful or arrogant in his responses to Satan. He responded only with the word of God. And that is critical. The same way the young learn who they are supposed to be by watching their parents. It is the same way the Father was in the Son, showing his children who they are and how they ought to respond to the enemy. Jesus was man and also God in the flesh. Jesus was the God-man. God manifested in the flesh. So we're going to pick up today in Matthew chapter 8 and we're also going to Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this so that we can see who we are. And um, how the enemy responds when they recognize somebody who knows who they are. So I'm going to read both accounts. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8 first, verses 28 through 32. Let me know when you're there, please. And then put your finger on Luke chapter 8. We're going to read verses 26 through 33. Are you there? Matthew chapter 8, let's start with verse 28 and go to verse 32. When he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, they met him, two demon-possessed men, coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a good way off from them There was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And Jesus said to them, Go. So there that had come out, they went into the herd of swine, and suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea, and perished in the water. So keep your finger there, and let's go to Luke. Chapter 8, verses 26 through 33. I want to show you both accounts and then I'll start talking about it. Alright, so verse, verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out of the land, on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. So if you this says a man, Matthew says two men. Okay, and then if you go to um, go to um, Mark, Mark says one man. So there's a discrepancy here. But the important thing is that the story is the same. So the one says two men, and the other two accounts say one man. So don't get tripped up with that. But what we're looking at is the story, and the story is the same. All right. So he so verse twenty six, and he's. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? He said, Legion, because many demons had entered him, and they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain, so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. (laughs) Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently, violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When I read this, I was like, wow, this is really, really awesome, because you see Jesus, and you see the man, and you see the demon's reaction. I don't want to spend time talking about the man per se, I want to talk about, this is lean and fit, and how we must be masters in the spiritual realm, and what we will see here is how Jesus was a master in the spiritual things, and how demons and the the enemy recognize somebody who knows who they are, because there's just something special, there's something different about the way they carry themselves. Alright, so in the country of the Gadarenes, we are introduced to a man that was demon-possessed. He was kept under guard and was bound with chains and shackles. Often the demon would seize him and he would break his restraints and go into the wilderness. He wandered the countryside and he would live in the tombs. He was well known because it said in, in, uh, in Luke verse 27, he was in this condition for a long time. So, Jesus was in, and his disciples came by boat to the area where this demon-possessed man was. Now, if you watch this, as soon as the man saw Jesus, the demon named Legion had an immediate reaction. So, if you go to ver- Luke, verse, Luke uh, let's go to verse 28, it says, When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. You read that and if you don't read it carefully, you can miss some stuff. Number one, what I see there, the man himself never met Jesus, but the demons knew who Jesus was. They knew who he was. They recognized him instantly. Number two, something very interesting they they said here in verse 28 I beg you do not torment me so they recognize his authority they recognize Jesus's authority the demons recognize the son of god and they said I beg you when you somebody say I beg you who is the one in subservience the one who is asking and pleading for mercy I beg you do not torment me so they already knew something about Jesus as far as their relationship to him, they know who was superior to them. And they know he was superior to them. Glory to God. Okay? Do not torment me. What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high? So, the, as I said, the man did not know Jesus. The demons did. So, they reverenced him because what was the first thing they did? What was the first thing the demon did? They saw him and they cried out and they fell down before him. Fell down before him. So they were showing him reverence, worship, because they understand who he was and who they are in relationship to him. So you understand that. Okay? Jesus didn't have to say a word, he said nothing. All he did was step out of the boat. And they saw him coming and they ran. To him, fell down and worshipped him and said, What are we to do? What are we to do with you? I beg you, do not torment me. Jesus hasn't said one word yet. So this is the authority Jesus had in the spiritual realm. In this hostile environment in which we live. So you see here that Jesus knew his authority. And watch this. In verse 29. It says, For he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. In Matthew, if you go back to Matthew verse 8, it says here So the demons verse uh, let's go to verse 31 in Matthew 8:31, the demons begged him saying, "If you must cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. If you must cast us out, if you cast us out, permit us to go into the herd of swine." And then Jesus said, "Go. Now listen to this. They already knew their faith. But watch this. They are asking permission. Verse 31 in Luke. It says, They begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. They asked permission to go into the swine instead. Because if Jesus, Jesus could easily cast them out and back to the abyss. But when he said, Jesus said, because it said here, he commanded, in verse 29, he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. So he commanded them to come out. And they said, could you not send us in the abyss? Can we go into the pigs? And then he said, go. Why are we afraid? Why are we so scared? You look here at Jesus. is the authority he had as a son of God. Because later on Jesus says, all things have been given to me. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So they already, he knew his authority. Everything is under his feet. So they had to respect his authority. You see the condition of the man. The man wasn't in his right mind. He was driven by the demon and did not have control of himself. He was doing the will of the unclean spirit. You hear what I'm saying. Because they say the man used to tear his clothes. And then Mark he said he used to cut himself. Nobody in their right mind is going to be doing that stuff to themselves. Abusing themselves like that. It, he's being driven by something to do this. And this is what happens when we yield ourselves to our flesh. This was an extreme case of a demon, demon possession. But there can be demonic oppression. Saints of God can be demonically oppressed, not possessed. Because if you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you cannot be possessed. But you can be oppressed. Because we are spirit beings in a physical body, but there are spirit beings behind the scenes who are manipulating, making suggestions. The devil cannot make you do anything you choose not to do. But if you're not aware... And if you give in to the lust of the flesh, suggestions can be made. Why do you think people go and commit suicide? People don't get up one day and say, I'm going to commit suicide. There is a build up of something. You don't feel worthy. You feel useless. There's a feeling of, of, of inadequacy. And the enemy will play upon that. Because you're giving in to your feelings, to your emotions. If you're a sensitive person, and people always putting you down. You believe, you see, you believe what is said about you. And as a child of God, you can't believe what people say about you. You've got to believe what the word of God says about you. Because if you believe what people say, that you're nothing, that you're useless, that you're no good, you're ugly, you're this, you're that. If you start meditating on that, receiving that, because it's the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You are going to believe what is said about you. And here's the enemy is going to come and say, why don't you kill yourself? Just a, just a thought, a suggestion, and then you're like, yeah. Why don't I kill myself? I'm no. They said I'm no good. I'm useless, and you keep playing that thing over and over and over. Don't you know? People don't believe when people say they hear voices, but I believe that's true. I believe they've been driven to do certain things, but they don't understand that it's a spiritual force that is making suggestions, and if they are inadequate. In themselves, they will give in and act out what the instructions that they've been given. But as children of God, we are not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Because if you are not skilled in the things of the spirit, you will fall subjection to the schemes of the enemy. (coughs) Alright? So this is what happened here with this man in this case. We run the risk to possession or oppression... If we are in darkness, and especially when we dabble in things we ought not to, witchcraft and stuff like that, you expose yourself to demonic spirits, to be oppressed. And it's not only you that's going to be affected, it's your children and your children's children going to be affected by these things. So understand, the environment in which we're living in, you have to be very careful of your association. Because the company you keep you understand? The company you keep, there are spirits all around. Wherever people go, somebody's attacking you on the job. Oh, you're this, you're that, you're no good. You're not doing this right. Why are you so stupid? The enemy's pulling those, that person's string, attacking you. That's why the Bible says, it's the spirit behind. Why do you think Jesus, when he was on the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's the spirit behind them that is driving them to kill him. But he understood that they are lost. That's why he said, Father, forgive them. They don't understand the arena in which they're living. They have been manipulated. I allow myself to be put on the cross. But they don't understand what the, the spirit behind them driving them to do what they're doing. See, but So Jesus understood the arena. He understood the environment in which he, which he was in and which they were, but they're blind. And we as children of God are not supposed to be spiritually blind. That's why we have to study the Word, so the Holy Spirit can reveal to us who we are. Reveal the things of God. Reveal the schemes of the enemy, so we will not be ignorant of His devices. That we will not give in to the lust of our flesh, and be His servant, who you serve. They become your master. As I talked about the setup last week, when you give in to the suggestion, you surrender your power. And that's what happens when we give in to the lust of our flesh. We surrender our power. And we become slaves and the enemy becomes our master. So when you do not know who you are and, and your authority as a child of God, you put yourself in a position to be manipulated. Ignorance is dangerous to your well-being in a hostile environment. You've got to know who you are. Ignorance can cost you. That's why the Bible says we have to be tutored and schooled. We are children of God, but we are babes. We were once babes, but as we walk in Christ, we are chastised, we are schooled, we are tutored, because we have to grow up and mature, and not to fall subject to the schemes of the enemy. Glory to God. So understand how much our Father loves us. But we're in time and space and we're not going to learn everything in one shot. It takes time to learn. It takes time to grow. It takes time to change. And the other thing too, many people do not believe that they are demonic spirits. They don't believe that. And many who do know and believe do not know the subtleties of how to operate in the spirit realm. They don't understand. So what they do, they will go to a priest or somebody to do uh, whatever on them. But you understand? The priest is not with you every day. You've got you to be able to stand on your own. You've got to know who you are. If you do not know your seed with the Holy Spirit of promise and what God has invested in you in Christ, you will run from your enemy. Not knowing that the God has equipped you to overcome. Because the Bible clearly says, they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You got weapons. God has given us weapons. He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to pulling down our stronghold." Guess what? We can pull down strongholds. But if you don't know who you are, if you don't know your weapons, if you don't know... You, don't, you can't trust your father. You can't trust the finished work of Christ. You're going to run. Why? Because you don't know. Or if you know you're a coward. You, can't be, you cannot be afraid of the enemy. The Bible says to stand firm in the faith. Stand firm. And having done all to stand. And it tells you about the armor of God. Stand firm. There can be demonic possessions, as I said. As is the case with this man. And, and I don't want to, didn't want the, the thing about to, to spend time with the man was for us to see how they re, their demons reacted to Jesus. So don't be afraid when, you know, you're at your job or you go to the supermarket and somebody starts acting up with you. It has nothing to do with, with you per se. It's the spirit behind them. Recognize who you are. And they're trying to rattle your cage. They're trying to rattle your cage. But you have to stand. Recognize what it is. Luke 10, 18-20. 18, verse 18. This is the 70 that Jesus gave authority. And he sent them out. Two by two. To preach the word. And he told them, Heal the sick, raise the dead. He, he gave them instructions of what to do. So in verse 18, when they came back, he, they said, uh, well, verse 17, they said, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So they were excited that the demons were subject to them to, uh, in his name. And he said to them, I saw, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now what does that have to do with what he said there? He said, the seventy said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Did you hear what I just said? Mm -hmm. The spirits are subject to you. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Why are we afraid? When they said, Lord, the demons are even sub- they are they are subject to us. Jesus said, Oh, I beheld Satan like lightning. Fall I fall from heaven. I was there when he got kicked out. He's nothing. He's nothing. He said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. Even if you get killed. Don't worry. Nothing will hurt you. I have given you authority. Don't be afraid. When you know you don't, have to worry. you don't have to be afraid anymore. You stand up. Recognize who you're dealing with. So in Matthew you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to wind up here. In Matthew 8 in Matthew 28, 18-20 Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Did you hear that? He said, let me repeat the scripture again. In Matthew 28, 18-20, he said, All authority, remember when he said, I beheld Satan as lightning? And behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents, scorpions. He said, "No, this is what he's saying when he was going before he was resurrected, um, ascended. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. What does that have to do with anything? A lot. So he's saying, this is my summary of it. As the Father taught me who I am. Okay? And how to thrive in this hostile environment. I have been teaching you, as we talked about just now in Luke, when he sent them out. That's one example. And will continue to teach you, when he sent the Holy Spirit, after he ascend, how to thrive in this environment. I have accomplished what the Father has sent me to do. To lay down my life so that you lost men can be reconciled to God and be made sons of God. So that they can be taught how to, to thrive in this hostile environment. I have all authority. Now, go and do likewise. Teach others. Make disciples. Let them know what I have done for them so that they can thrive in this hostile environment. He said, go, teach, as he taught them. He said, you go teach, because I have all authority, and I've given that authority to you. So go teach in my name. As I have taught you, the Holy Spirit, when I send him, he will also teach you. And you go teach others. And so forth, and so forth, and so forth. So that's what's been happening. We've been taught, we've been schooled, to understand who we are. But the only way that's going to happen. You have to spend time in the word of God. Many people say they love Jesus. But they don't spend the time in the word. How do, you, how do you stand in the trial. If you don't know the word. How can you stand in the trial. How can you stand in the fight. You have the tools. At your disposal. But it's in a book. It's not in your heart. God has made the, the words written here is for what? Our learning, our warning, for our admonition. Okay? But you have to take the Logos, meditate on it, so it can become Rhema. So you know what's in here, and how to apply it to your life. So that you can survive in this hostile environment, and thrive in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's where many of us fail because we're too busy. We don't understand the urgency of this life in Christ. We are only on here for a short time. And there is something that the Father desires to accomplish through us as we walk in Christ in this earth. We weren't created in this time in, in history haphazardly. It wasn't an afterthought in the mind of God. Our parents are not our parents by accident. It's not an afterthought in the mind of God. We are here for purpose. To accomplish something in our generation. But what the child of God. When you get saved. You got to figure out what that is. Say Lord what is it? What is my purpose? And pursue that. Because Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things. What? The things that are occupying all your time. Your provision and your protection. The things that you are seeking. Working so hard for. These things will be added unto you. If you learn the things of the principles of the kingdom, all this stuff will be added onto you. Because that is how the enemy keeps keeps us at bay. We're so busy trying to get the stuff, we don't have time for the things of God. And when you don't know who you are, you're not a threat to the enemy. So he keeps you in your ignorance. And he's very happy for us to stay in our ignorance. Because we are no threat to